We're back at it live in the GOAT district. We've got my man Dan Williamson, as always. And we have two special guests, two guys we drafted against recently in the Hardway Best Ball Draft, uh, Billy Muzio and Davis Maddock. How are you guys doing today? Doing Great, good, man. Theo. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Happy to be here. So for today, guys. Let's get after it. Go district. <laughs> bleep a ball, bleep a ball, bleep a ball, bleep bleep ball, and I bleep a ball, bleep a ball. It's the coach district, y'all. A ball, cause I bleep bleep bleep. Hey, bleeding a ball, defeated the ice, and see him at all. JD in the pies, I needed it all. I bleeded a lie, you bleeded a lie, not bleeded a lie, and that's what a goat do. Facts, let me show you. Happen to know, dudes drafting, they don't do bad, and they don't lose. Make you wanna bleep bleep bleep. It's the goat district, boys, giving you the business and no gimmicks. The best ball drafts got me feeling like it's Christmas. Yeah. Then it's Christmas all of a sudden, and these riches came from nothing, and I got this all from loving the district. See, I just drafted, forget it. I laugh at the critics, yeah. they mad at the digits. Yeah. I clap back my listeners. Yeah. See, balling ain't a problem if you kick it with them off, and I refresh the feet till autumn, then I bleep, 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 go. So back-to-back balling in the district. Uh, last night we had a beatbag Batoba on, the two-time football guys champion. Uh, that was a tremendous podcast. We got a lot of information out there. Today we have two of the sharpest guys I know, uh, two guys who are known in the industry but are also known in high stakes, and they have a significant amount of skin in the game, and they do very well in the high stakes format. So this is this is a pleasure. Not, not um, this year, I didn't. Not this year. Overall, you run you, you run pretty pure most seasons, Davis. You're you're you're, uh, you're definitely a name uh, in these in these high stakes leagues, and, and Billy Muzio as well. Both you guys repeat guests in the district, um, and we competed in a draft last week. Um, Dan, uh, myself, these guys, Abib, uh, a few other uh, FFPC hitters, uh, some some very well known drafters. It was a really, really great process. Uh, I think for me, it kind of got me in the in the best ball uh, mindset. Um, I know I'm in another one tonight with Billy Muzio. First off, can you guys let everybody know where they can find your stuff, uh, Davis? Yeah, if you just uh, if you just search my name on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll get uh, the Take Cast and the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast pulling up, and then I, I tweet out links to everything. That I'm doing on Twitter at, at Davis Maddox, just my name. So it's all right. It's all right there. Easy to find. And Billy, how about you? Yeah, it's uh, right down below here at FF Musio on, on Twitter. Uh, currently with uh, Full Time Fantasy. There'll be uh, a little bit of announcement. I'll give you a little bit of teaser. There will be a change in, in sites. I'll announce it probably on Super Bowl Day. Uh, and, and so excited for the new journey to, to, to kick off. Uh, and I'll continue doing rankings and projections over on the new site as well. No, definitely, definitely fired up to, to hear about your new venture, Billy. Um, Dan, we, we talked to Abib last night um, about the Tom Brady uh, retirement fallout. Um, we, we all talked about kind of the quarterback landscape. So I have a question for Davis and Billy. Where do you guys expect Aaron Rodgers to play in 2023? And what direction do you see Tampa Bay going in, um, not only with their quarterback position, but kind of the overall um, direction of their team? Start with Davis. Uh. I think Rodgers is just going to be the quarterback of the Packers or he's not going to play at all. Uh, he, it's like he, it's like four, he counts like 
47 million dollars against the cap i believe and even more than that because you know the way the nfl works is is you're, you actually cost more against the cap if you get traded i think because they amort uh amortize the salaries in such a way so it's really hard for the jets or the 49ers or the raiders or whatever to to eat that salary um and then honestly i i've been thinking about this i i think the buccaneers are gonna do a classic indianapolis Colts situation and and try to be good enough with jimmy garoppolo Derek carr carson wentz you know who i i think that with because they have so many vets on their roster if you look at their roster it's an old roster it's not and it's not really a team ready to be turned over into being bad so i bet they and the division stinks too you know that's a big part of it so they're looking at this division like what are the falcons going to beat us or the saints and the saints rosters is pretty old pretty bad so i i think they they go after a bunch of these vets that are going to be out there and i i think like if the market right now is really discounting godwin and evans because they're expecting kyle trask or blaine gabbert to be the quarterback they they both seem like good buys to me yeah i love love the adp of both those players right now i've been targeting them a lot in drafts uh i know we're in february folks but we're still drafting um we have looking at like just the cap situation i always like to look at betting favorites too um you know rogers i think matic hit on the hammer on the nail we got green bay right now is plus 150 on on betting odds vegas is actually number two at plus 400 and the jets at plus 650 i think that's a pretty uh realistic uh sequence of events in 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 order if it were to happen uh just looking at cap space as well as you know necessity for the teams uh you know rogers is a california boy at heart um you know so i think sf would probably be up there but i don't think they're going to be able to make it work with with draft picks and and cap space as well um so i i'm agreeing here with matic i think green bay is probably the lead i think i would probably put uh, the Jets ahead of the Raiders if if, if I was uh, going to be betting on this, um, just because we've seen the news lately that talks have been heating up. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It'll definitely uh, chan- uh, change the landscape of both divisions. Yeah, and Dan, we talked about, uh, you know, some of the fantasy fallout last night with, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who were both drafted as top 20 wide receivers. Uh, is there anything else you know you're you're looking for fantasy wise uh, from this fallout with Tom Brady? Uh, from Brady, no. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up in uh, New York, I think it's time to have a fire sale on the Jets. Um, either that or petition uh, Nathaniel Hackett to be the first coordinator fired before the season even starts. <laughs> uh, one of the two. I, I I'm just not at all wild about that situation. So we're going to go ahead and uh, dive right into the, the draft that we did. Um, we talked about the kind of the history of the hard way uh, last night with the Beeb, but it's basically just a, a high-level draft. We try to be one of the first best ball drafts in the FFPC. Um, it, was it your first best ball you, you've drafted um, this year, guys? Yes, it was. For yes. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, play, uh, not non-playoff stuff. I've Correct. been grinding my grinding my eyes into oblivion doing these these playoff drafts but yeah i mean i i'm gonna try and take a break from now until april and and just get into like rookie stuff because you know it's like uh the the may to june drafting but like by by august you know doing these best ball drafts it it like like you're just getting sick it's like it's just so hard to keep clicking these names but i i do like doing this draft every year just to get a framework to start thinking about things over the off season. Like, I think it's 
pretty instead of like looking at ADP fresh in May to just have a, an idea of where the market roughly has guys. Yeah, I like to do the never too early drafts, and I like to usually uh, try to try to get half of my maxed out leagues done before people really dive in, just because ADP is so exploitable and and it's the wild wild west especially if you do projections and 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 rankings you, you take a look at like last year for instance you had mike williams and Pittman going in rounds eight and nine prior to the signing of you know the quarterback situation in indianapolis and prior to mike williams re-signing with the chargers uh if, if you have a pretty good pulse of the nfl and at least have a, a base understanding of of projections and rankings you can you can really exploit the the current adp and 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 kind of predict the landing spots of players or or even in in some situations um like maddock even said they're just people are just you know straying away from all-star players like Evans and Godwin just because of the uncertainty. And as soon as someone is signed, um, those ADPs will rise, you know, two, three, four rounds in some scenarios. So I think that um, now is the time if you are savvy and, and a savvy drafter and, and, and a sharp player to, to get ahead of the curve and, and try to build some monster squads. Uh, you know, one of my, my best best balls uh, from last year, top top nine rounds all went inside the top three rounds come the end of the year. And so you can really create some competitive edges uh, and set yourself up for some big paydays. Yeah, I think that's kind of a misconception is some people think that it's, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Billy, because sometimes those teams that you drafted early where you are able to kind of identify guys that rise in ADP or spot values, those teams do very well. And I also think that that also applies to main event teams to NFFC high, higher stakes teams like some of the earlier ones sometimes do well uh, things change over the summer um, you think about you know injuries you know potentially you drafted the, the the proper backup running back who just you know you you luck into an RB2 in certain situations so I think that that's kind of a misconception is you can't find value early that more information helps you sometimes if you're sharp less have information out to the to the the drafting public creates an edge for you so um i yeah. you know, definitely anybody who's listening to go district should try to hop in some early best balls kind of challenge yourself yeah a couple thoughts on that also like it, you'll find drafts where it seems like nobody really seems to have an understanding of the rookies and you know like what what they're all about um uh, you know and you and you won't know that until you get quite a few rounds deep in you know because you know people always be drafting Bijan and Jamar Gibbs and uh, JSN and all those guys but you know when you start getting into a little bit any deeper than that and you know you'll find leagues where nobody seems to have any idea or any interest in drafting them you know so you can just load up on those rookies late but you got to recognize it before um, you know you, you don't want to start drafting the rookies too early in those leagues. Otherwise, you just take your own edge away from yourself. So, uh, But that's that's a place where you can get an edge. And generally, I find that these early season drafts, it's kind of like it used to be, you know, 10, 15 years ago in the space where, you know, I could have a pretty solid, you know, just by studying up, I had a, a you know, kind of a, an edge on a lot of the competition because I was more knowledgeable about what was likely to happen than my opponents were and i think this is kind of the last time of year where that's really very much true because once you get into you know even like mid-april um you know the twitter gets pretty sharp on a lot of these guys uh they will definitely mislead you on a few but um you know there there are a lot few 
a lot fewer bargains to be gleaned uh, the later you get into draft season. I just yep. like to also just point out real quick, if you do our volume drafter, I think it's important for you to also track your profitability by month. Yes. Right. Um, like I've had like consistently now for two straight years, really bad Julys. So I'm, I'm going to be changing things uh, in July uh, this 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 year. Uh, just traditionally, I've had success in the beginning, like now, and then closer towards the uh, kickoff of week one with all the information on the table. Um, but you know, track those track those months that you do you know well in. Track those months that you may have opportunity in, and, and make sure that you make adjustments. Billy, those are just $350 mock drafts, man. Get those going. Um, so, guys, we have the board up. I drafted out of the two spot. Dan drafted out of the nine hole. Billy Billy drafted at the one spot, and Davis was in the ten hole. Just from a from a, a, a an early you know preference, what did you think about drafting from the ten, Davis? Was that a spot you were just like okay? Or were you a little bit excited to be in the back end of the first round? I think it's going to be good early because you're going to be able to get Bijan there. But by the time Bijan is an Arizona Cardinal or whatever, like he's just like he's going to go ahead of Eckler. Like just uh, it, like prepare yourself for that now. It's just like that's going to happen. And by the time we're doing these in June and July, and you're just taking two of the wide receivers you like there. You know, when it when you when you get the ten and you're like, all right, I'm gonna take Diggs and AJ Brown, or I'm gonna take CD and Waddle or CD and and St. Brown or whatever, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna hate it. I think it's gonna be very similar to last year. You're gonna wanna pick as early as possible. And I think I my my guess is is that this year huge edges are gonna be in taking McCaffrey, Jefferson, Chase, and Kelsey. And then there's to me, there's a pretty big drop off after that for for Adams, it's offensive concerns. For Cup, it's offensive concerns. And then for the rest of the guys, it's just Chase and Jefferson are their own tier. And then there's probably like 10 wide receivers I'd put in a tier after that. And Billy, you have drafted from the one hole twice now in yeah. early best balls. You're running pure in terms of getting getting one spots. Uh, how how do you feel about the one hole? Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll also follow up. How do you feel about the early two, three turns? Um, so it's, it's, it's actually funny. I've had now, so I've done, I'm on my fifth draft right now. I have uh, two in the one hole, one in the three hole, and then two in the 12 hole. Um, so I've got the, the best of both worlds on the turns already. Um, I like, so I, I don't, I, I'm pretty flexible with draft rooms. I, I'll draft anywhere. Uh, I will go after specific players early in the year just based upon ADP and, and how I'm projecting them in my model. So I, I think that regardless of, of where I'm at in the draft room, I can always find value. Um, that being said, I love the way that the draft kind of fell to me in round one um, here inside the hard way. Uh, you know, quarterback, uh, as expected, was pushed up the board with all the uncertainty. We see that every year in these early uh, drafts. And as we start uh, getting clearer situations, we start to see the ADP kind of settle with quarterback. Uh, I think the same can be said about uh, tight end this year as well. We're going to see uh, increase in the elite tight end tight ends, and we'll probably have kind of that tight end dead zone this year as we had seen in, in the past. And then we'll have some more clear uh, routes of, of, of success for that position as well. But uh, right now, I'm loving the wide receiver value, and it looks like another um, 
great zero running back year. I think last year was a, a great zero running back year as well. Uh, just with the value and how the boards fell, you were able to get uh, uh, significant value like Miles Sanders late in drafts. And and I think you're going to see a lot of that similar uh, similar board layout this year as well. Yeah, Davis was a little bit Pat Corain-esque in his, uh, in his build here with the two uh, early running backs. Uh, we talked about the three-hole. Uh, Bill, you mentioned you drew a three-hole. Um, and Davis, you just mentioned a couple names. Curious which way you guys and also Dan are approaching the 103 right now. Uh, Davis, I'm assuming Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are your, your top two. If not, please correct me. But what way are you handling I, the, the three? I would, still, I would still take McCaffrey first for me. Um, he, he just... Having a running back who is going to score the most fantasy points um, just feels like a huge edge because, like, you, you, we see how quick running back drops off. Like, by the time you get to running back, I don't know. I don't feel that good about drafting Saquon Barkley. Like, Barkley had so many bad games last year where they just forgot to use him in the passing game. Kenneth Walker doesn't get used in the passing game. Najee Harris sucks. Travis Etienne doesn't get used in the passing game. Brees Hall has an ACL tear. Joe Mixon might not even be retained. By the team that he's on right now, they might decide they don't want to give him any money. Josh Jacobs, who Josh, who knows where Josh Jacobs is going to play? Like I, I, and not to say that Devonte Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyreek, that they're going to score as many points, but there's just you, they just feel so much easier of clicks to me. The guy who feels impossible right now, as we're on February second, to feel confident in either ways. Travis Kelsey was already the oldest first round pick of all time. Uh, he was, I think he was slightly older than Randy Moss uh, on season start the last time as a first round pick. I think our, our buddy Rich Rebar did the research on that. Now we're talking about taking a 34 year old in the first round of a fantasy football draft. I mean, Travis Kelsey is amazing. I think he's probably going to play until he's until like, uh, this feels like he could be effective at 40, you know, with the way he plays and not necessarily needing to be run after catch, but I, I have a feeling for the first time in my life, I will be underweight on Travis Kelsey relative to the field at, at this price. Um, and, and could totally see that being a losing strategy, you know? Um, and if he catches 115 passes, I'm going to feel like a real jerk, but a 34 year old at one Oh three feels rich. I, I was underweight on Kelsey last season for the exact reasons that you're talking about davis and let me tell you it was not a good feeling. it feels not, bad yeah it feels real bad it uh it, it definitely hurts the pocketbook as well i've Billy, been like that you... with derrick henry for about a decade <laughs> <laughs> and, and billy i know you've you've gone jamar chase at the one and justin jefferson at the one who is your 103 and we'll uh, stick with fpc for now so I, I think depending upon yeah, – we all have a strategy as we go into each draft room. You know, Are we going to go zero running back? Or are we going to go anchor running back? And I think that um, you can mix in CMC, Jefferson, Chase in any fashion that you see fit, depending upon how you want to build that team and what the construction is going to look like. Um, you know, I, I knew that we had some good wide receiver value as of right now. And I wanted to take kind of a, it's not a true zero running back team here on, on this hard way draft, but, um, it's, it's, it's got, um, you know, a similar view to it. Um, you know, I thought about taking Christian McCaffrey there and going anchor, um, 
that was that was my first thought, and I said no. I um, you know looking at the consistency model that um, we've been building and and also doing um, projections. I still have you know Jefferson as as my wide receiver one. Uh, Chase is very close. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Christian McCaffrey was definitely in my thoughts as well. So I think you can go any of those three in the first in 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 the one hole. Um, I wouldn't really stray away from that too much. Yeah, I, I I talked about Tyreek Hill as an option for me at the 103 um, to lock down an elite wide receiver uh, with weak winning ability. I don't necessarily love having the back the you know the back end of the second round as my wide receiver one. Uh, I, I think that a couple of those guys could also rise up. So I was considering Tyreek Hill, but most likely it's Christian McCaffrey um, with Tyreek Hill being mixed in for me. Uh, I think Davis's uh, Davis's concerns about Travis Kelsey are valid, and we also could see Kansas City, you know, add some pass catching weapons this offseason. Dan, which way are you approaching the uh, the one hundred three? Yeah, the one hundred three. I mean, it, it, you know, one of the nice things is you can kind of sit back there and two whoever's left. Um, you know, McCaffrey, I, I, I can't put it the 101. Um, I just don't feel like in San Francisco he's going to get quite that super, super elite usage like he was before. Like, they like to, to put uh, Mitchell or somebody in there and spell him, you know. And they're, you know, McCaffrey's still getting a great workload, don't get me wrong. But it's just not like, you know, that, that workload that he had when he was in Carolina. Um, I just don't see that going forward for that reason. You know, I, I think... Uh, Jefferson and Chase are probably, um, you know, going to be scoring as many fantasy points as him. And, you know, I, it, it doesn't matter to me whether my first pick is a running back or a wide receiver. Um, I just want the point. Uh, so McCaffrey, I, I, I don't want to be underweight on him, but I'm not going to be taking him at one because I don't think I'm going to have to a lot. Um, you know, if I if, if I end up having to take him at one just to, to not be underweight, I would do it. But otherwise, I'll I'll be getting my Jefferson and Chase in there. And then, uh, you know, hopefully McCaffrey and Kelsey at the 3-4. I'm not going to be underweight on Kelsey this year uh, just because I got burned so bad on it last year. You know what? And he, he, even if he does fall off, you know, if I'm, you know, that's, that's still the only thing. a small is percentage He, he of could fall off and tight end is so bad. That he might be worth it anyway, because right. I mean he scored 114 more points than T.J. Hawkinson, right? It's like it wasn't even it wasn't even close, and and so he, he could fall off, and it might not matter. He still, right. he, 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 you know, he and and it, that falling off could be like 90 catches, a uh, thousand and four yards, and seven touchdowns, which is a huge deduction from what he did this year, and that's still the tight end one, and especially in FFPC. Right. So what it what it does is it kind of puts it, you know, where Kelsey is not worth, you know, maybe he's not worth the 103 if he falls off that much. You know, he's worth the 103 if he does what he did this last year. Um, he's probably worth the 101 if he does what he did this last year. Um, but, you know, if he if he falls off 20% or whatever, you know, he could still be the tight end one, but you wouldn't want to be taking him at 103 necessarily. You'd be wanting to take him at the back end of the first round or beginning of the second round. Yeah, he was tight end five and six combined uh, this year, which is just, just <laughs> wild. Um, it, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting to see how these these uh, early ones uh, shake out for sure. Taking a step back, guys, and looking at the first and the second round, what was your favorite selection value wise? And feel free to pick one per round or or just one is fine. 
your favorite selection value-wise and your least favorite. And I'll say, if we're all going to pick Najee Harris as the, the our least favorite one, maybe we could add a second one, uh, starting with Davis. Yeah, I mean, so I get the Kenneth Walker pick, right? Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, like, these are all top two-round selections, but my guess is, is that Kenneth Walker is going to have a pretty hard time earning running back six unless he catches... I don't know, 50% more passes than he did this last year. I, I think they're probably going to retain Rashad Penny. I, I would be surprised if they don't just give him another one-year, $4.5 million contract. Like I don't think he's going to be on another team. Uh, and I, I think the, the the best pick is A.J. Brown. I mean, A.J. Brown has a pretty good argument to being to, to going ahead of Diggs, going ahead of Lamb. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a grown-ass man, right? That's, that's what he does, I, I think. Like he, you just anytime you have AJ Brown on your fantasy team, you're like, all right, I can get 30 points any any given week. But uh, I, I'm and I'm not even like I said, I don't think I'm not saying you can't take Kenneth Walker there, but it feels very Derrick Henry Henry esque and like weeks where he breaks off a 60 yard touchdown run, you're you're having a great time. And any week where any given week he could be 22 carries, 89 yards, no touchdowns, and you're like, well, all right, I lost this week. How about you, Billy? Um, I hate to do it because he's in the draft room, but I'm not crazy about the Bijan pick in the round one. Uh, just from a fantasy perspective, we're as RB3, we're saying that he's going to average over 20 fantasy points a game. A rookie to come in and ask. You, you like Taylor more? You like you think Taylor's better? Um, I, I do think we're going to see a little bit more consistency from Taylor, um, especially you know when you when you have the. Um, um, pass blocking to consider we don't know the team he's going to land on yet i think if we knew for a fact he was going to be in arizona we knew for a fact he was going to be in a certain situation where they don't have a third down back or a pass uh someone who's going to be able to be you know more maybe more more involved in the passing game from a pass blocking standpoint we knew that Bijan was going to be a three down back i think that's where he'll go if we knew that today the fact that we don't know that today, um, I think that that's being drafted at ceiling, and I think that we'll probably see him slide into the middle of the second round um, as as the draft kind of unfolds. Um, now, again, I could be wrong if we see him land in a, in a money spot with no other backs, and he is a true three-down back. I just don't think that that's going to be the scenario in his first year. I think that he's an outstanding talent, and I think that he has the skills to outperform um, you know, a, a round two pick, but I, I'm not, I I can't say for certain from a projection standpoint that he's going to average 20 fantasy points a game. What's the, what's the spot that would realistically take him in round one that we think he's, he's dead, right? Where we think like, this is a bad spot. I actually, I think the one that people are, are saying that might take him, that's actually bad is the bills. Like we'd be thinking like, Oh yeah, he goes to the bills they don't retain Singletary. That's that's good. He's going to crush. I actually think your point there makes way more sense where James Cook actually ends yeah. up being the third down back and he doesn't get the touchdowns. But a lot of these other spots where people are talking about him, um, you know, like we're, we're, we're thinking like, uh, you know, Arizona, Detroit, the yeah, Commanders, you know, some of, some of these plays. I'm like, no, he absolutely smashes in, in those. Like I actually think you kind of want him to go to a bad team a little bit. Um, because a bad team will just they, like the Steelers. Steelers are a bad team. They don't care. They give the ball to Najee a billion times a game. Yeah, that was the point that the point that I made last night was 
that I think if somebody uses this very high draft capital on Bijan Robinson, that's their offensive identity that they're going to yeah. like. If Atlanta so say, takes them, Saquon, Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta takes them, you know, one of these teams, I just it makes me maybe like him a little more. So um, it's interesting. And then Billy, did you see any fantastic values? A guy you really liked. Um, where he went in these first two rounds. I was also going to say A.J. Brown. I, I think an argument could be made for him at 108, 109. Um, I, I think that that's where he'll probably – we're going to see probably a similar trajectory in ADP that we saw last year from C.D. Lamb, who kind of started off in, in the, at the turn and started situating himself more in the 105 to 108 range. Um, so I, I love A.J. Brown there. If I was at you know the 8-9 the hole, I'd probably consider him at that pick. Yeah, for me, last night, I, I really liked the Amon Ross St. Brown uh, pick right there as, as a value um, that Dan got at the at the beginning of the second round. Um, you know, he was 17 points per game this year. Um, I think that he's going to have a very big year in his third year next year. I think Jamison Williams helps him on the opposite side of him. Um, I think he'll be a target monster, just needs to stay healthy. And I, I would take all three of those wide receivers before I took either of the guys we, that were taking at tight end, too. Um, I just think that it's – the you know, I have AJ Brown and and, and Amon Ross St. Brown uh, ahead of uh, ahead of Waddle, but Waddle's like right there uh, behind him. So I would take all three of those guys before I would take Andrews or, or Hawkinson. Uh, and I think that Davis made some good points on Kenneth Walker. It feels like maybe we're drafting him at his ceiling right now. Uh, Dan, how about how about you uh, in terms of a, a pick you really didn't like and, and a pick that uh, you really did like? Yeah, I, I, I like the Jonathan Taylor pick. Um, I thought it, Abib got a steal there. Uh, you know, I think if the draft were held today, I'd probably take Taylor at the nine rather than CeeDee Lamb. Of course, that's with now we know that uh, Mike McCarthy is planning on calling his own plays. <laughs> so, uh, that yeah, fantasy sense. fantasy strategy this year starts with fading all Dallas Cowboys, I think. <laughs> right. So, anyway, I, I, I like that. I've I'm also, you know, just to say something something different than everybody else said. I'm I'm not really necessarily a fan of uh, Travis Etienne where he went. Uh, you know, but he he could definitely grow into the role, but you know, he had less than uh, three targets per game this past year, which seems kind of weird in a in a Peterson offense, um, and and especially with a guy like Etienne who did so much work in the passing game in college, but. You know, until he shows it, you you got to wonder a little bit about that pick. I mean, I think that's um, you know, you're that's an aspirational pick where it's at. Quick follow up for Davis. Um, we could talk for an hour here about Bijan, guys. It's it's super interesting. But it is. Davis, how high are you willing to push Bijan right now with, with your bullishness towards him? If you're drawing 105s, are you going to mix in some Bijans right now, or do you do you have a clarity on your? on your your rankings at this point for early drafts no this this felt like the, i was either going to take Bijan or aj brown those were the those were the two guys i had in my queue i i'm not really that interested in jonathan taylor um i i mean the colts seem like they're going to be way worse next season than they even were this year like they they have no answers at it like they're I, I think they're finally done patching the quarterback stuff over and they're just going to be content being bad for a year which um yeah, and like Taylor, they've used in the passing game, and then they've completely gone away from it. Where it's like to the point where they're, you know, if you're playing Jordan freaking Wilkins on third downs over Jonathan Taylor, like what, you know, what, what's, uh, what's the point? I, I think this comment actually is is legit. I mean, because I think in our head, 
we all think ETN is a pass catcher because in our in our mind's eye, we're like, he played with Trevor Lawrence and and he he had that uh, what he had like a seventy yard touchdown reception in the college football playoff from from Lawrence, and it's like. It, it totally makes sense that that's what he should do. And then they're, they're throwing the ball to Jamichael hasty. And you're like, what, what's, <laughs> what's the deal here? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. It was, I, I thought like I would have taken CD. I would have taken reek. I would have taken cup Adams. I would have taken all those guys over Bijan. And, and all, part of the reason why I like taking a running back early is basically the next 15 running backs who went, I hated all their prices. I liked everyone around the, it's like, Rather have Godwin than Mixon. Rather have Cooper than Jacobs. Rather have Alave than Henry. Rather have DJ more than Brees Hall. Like I just every I, I liked every wide receiver price better than the running backs. Um, and uh, you know I don't always have it in me to go pure stones uh, zero RB. But weirdly enough, looking at the draft board, a, a bunch of the best values are the round eight, nine, ten running backs. Like the rounds eight, nine, ten running backs to me all look pretty pretty good. Stick at the running back position here, and we'll start with Billy for this question. We saw seven total running backs go in the first two rounds. Then we saw a, a run on running backs in the third round. We saw th- uh, six total running backs go in, in the third round, which was one of the the highest amount of running backs for any of the early rounds. Um, which guy are, would you be most excited to draft among those six guys, if any, Billy? And which one would give you the most uh, trepidation uh, that you think might really, really bust out here at this ADP? You said for the first three rounds in running backs? No, for, for specifically for the third round. So if anybody's not watching and they're listening, in the third round we had Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, and DeAndre Swift, um, as well as well as Joe Mixon go. So it was uh, six total running backs in the third round. So among those six specifically, Billy? Uh only Swift. You can, I mean, Chubb I'd be interested in, but probably right where he was selected. I think Abib pulled a quick one and got Swift late. If Swift is giving, given the workload, I he, I think there's a real argument to be made that he could be the RB1 overall. It's just they don't use him or give him enough snap counts uh, in order to, to really perform at that level. Uh, we saw it towards the end of the year. I mean, health is always the concern with him as well. Uh, I still think he slept with Deuce Staley's wife. Um, but but uh, I think Swift has the upside, has the skill set, and and could be like a Camara type back. And 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 when I say Camara type back, like the elite Camara seasons, not last year Camara. So I think Swift at at the three twelve is outstanding value. And then which one would you? Which one is the grossest pick there among those six? Um, all the rest of them except for Nick Chubb. Okay. I just, <laughs> I, I, I think honestly it breaks down to me as Jacobs. I don't think we're going to see a repeat what we did last year. Uh, it was, I may be wrong again and, I, and I'll, I'll be fine planting my flag on that and being wrong twice on Josh Jacobs. I just think that uh, everything, all it, all, the cards, it all lined up for it, him. It was a perfect storm, right? And it's we're not going to see that perfect storm again. Any team that's going to sign him is going to want to protect that investment now. They're not going to give him the ball 42 times a game when he has an injury and he's playing through. I, you'd see games where like he wasn't even – they weren't even sure he was going to play, and then they handed the rock 37 times. Or like, he'd, he'd get hurt. I remember a Monday night game where he got hurt. He like, he like hurt his hand yep. and was like – 
on the sideline, like trying to like jam his finger back in or something. And, and then they, they were losing, and they were like, "All right, get back in there, bud." Yeah, it's like let's you know the entire playbook was a gap left, a gap right, and it was. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to see that perfect storm again. So I think that I'm actually surprised we haven't seen Jacobs go in round two that much yet. I, I think eventually once. Um, the masses come out and start drafting. We'll probably see his ADP rise just because of the season he had, which I'll be happy to see because it'll be another player off the board that I'm not interested in. It also shows, I think, that the that the the draft the drafters are just getting sharper, and they're they're less willing to pay for last season's points. Every year, uh, you're seeing it more and more. Whereas, you know, six years ago, Josh Jacobs would have been a first round pick, um, and I think people kind of adjusted towards that. Davis, you, you already mentioned you really don't like the uh, the running backs. You would have gone wide receiver over each one. Which which of these six kind of disgust you the least, and which one disgusts you the most? Uh, I mean, Barkley, obviously the least. Like, if they just – I it, like, obviously, he's still good. You know, it's just that – well, he's not as good as he was. He's not quite as as explosive. And the offense is sort of – you know, it's, it's a fine offense – but they're they're just not wanting Daniel Jones to drop back that much, so the targets for him weren't there. Even though the target share was pretty good, like a, an ideal Saquon Barkley season is, you want him to catch like eighty passes. And uh, I don't I don't really know how much Dable wants to be doing that. And and I think ETN is amazing. Like I think ETN and Walker are both uh, like really really good players. I don't think Najee is as good as them, but it's just it's just about the usage and i mean that like we literally just saw this with josh jacobs the, we make these assumptions about the usage and then if the coaches just change things 10 15 percent one way it's it's huge for them um but i my my base assumption would be most of these guys are are overdrafted and then Brees round three i mean he feels like the biggest question mark because we saw acls go both ways this year some guy like michael gallup basically does not look like, I mean, we're, we're a year and a half removed now. Gallup doesn't really look like himself, like still has not really been able to be that effective. Godwin came back early from the ACL, banged up his hamstring and then came back even before Gallup anyway, and, and looked really good, you know, coming back from that. So it's like, if his ACL stuff goes really well and he's ahead of schedule, then you're feeling great. But if it's week three and he's not activated from the IR yet, you're like, well, I, I mean, I lose basically like that. That it just is the worst possible outcome. Yeah. Last night, uh, Joe Mixon gave me the most pause for these, these third round guys. I, I think he's going to be a potential cut candidate. Uh, we saw him struggle to run the football in, in a number of these most recent games. Um, so he's one, I, I feel like he, he should be going uh, a little bit lower. And then I like the, uh, I like the swift pick and I like the Chubb pick. Uh, I think those guys are both decent value right there. Dan, who was the one that you liked, and who was the one that that you uh, least were least interested in? Yeah, I, w- I was disappointed I couldn't get Chubb. I wanted him uh, where I took Mahomes. Uh, Swift, I like the pick. I just you worry about his health. Uh, the guy just has not been able to stay healthy. I don't know if he he just doesn't know how to care for his body for an NFL season or what, but um, he's just he's had some trouble with it, and so you know. But the as you guys have said, the upside is definitely there. Um, I, I really don't like the mix and pick. Um, I think he should be more like in probably about the fifth round or so around Aaron Jones, Delvin Cook, um, that kind of range. And, 
you know, it, it, I, I guess all I can say with Mixon is we've seen it before with him where when he's not right, he doesn't run real good. He did have that ankle injury. He came back from it. He hasn't really been the same since he came back from that ankle. Um, you know, so hopefully with an off season he gets righter, but it's just not a bet I feel real comfortable making, and certainly not in the third round. Uh, Davis selected Chris Olave in the third round, and Billy selected Debo Samuel. Uh, maybe you guys could each kind of share your thoughts on these players. Do you view, view them as undervalued assets at this range in the draft, or do you view them as like the last of a tier um, where, you know, how, how did you, how did you feel about drafting both of them? Start with Billy on this with his, with Debo Samuel. It was more of a, a Homer pick as well, but it, we have a, um, for me, you have Ayuk who's going to be a free agent. And if, if we lose a, a target here, um, inside this offense, uh, we know that Debo is going to have a little bit more of a traditional role as well as his versatility that he's used inside the running game. Um, so for me, I think that we're going to see a little bit more usage from him next year uh, compared to what we saw at, at some at some points in, inside the 2022 season. Um, it's very dependent upon Brandon Ayuk, but if Ayuk is re-signed or, or he's there again in, in 2023, I think Debo might slide down in another half a round. So it was it was a bit of a gamble here. It was one of those hedges um, that, that that we may see his ADP rise or or, or decline here, depending upon uh, how free agency works out. Um, so I. I I'm willing to take that that gamble there. I mean, how about you with Olave? 120 targets, 72 receptions, 1,000 yards as a rookie. It's like pretty much just going to be building my team out of guys like that. Like, in and he's not even an old rookie either, too. You know, 20, 22 years old, like turned 22 during the season. Uh, it would be pretty hard for the Saints quarterback play to be worse next season. Like, Dalton was pretty, pretty bad. There was, you know, some Taysom Hill pass attempts in there. I mean, Jameis certainly would be better for him. But I also sort of think the Saints will probably be in this quarterback carousel market. Like, I don't know if they're going to want to run back the Dalton-Jameis thing. They could be a, a Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo-style team. And also, I mean, Michael Thomas is just not going to be on this team next year, right? So it, I think the market is going to catch up on that. And I would imagine that Alave is going to have a very similar year to rise to like what happened to Jalen Waddle. So I bet if we go back and look at this draft from last year, I'm going to bet Jalen Waddle was 10 spots lower than his final ADP ended up roughly. I, I, took, mid, mid, I took Waddle last year in, in this draft. I think I took him in, I took him in the third, but yeah, I did take him. I ended up taking him, I think ahead of slightly ahead of ADP, but I think that's a well, fair enough. I guess made. I guess this group is I guess this group is too sharp for me. Uh, so I can't I can't I can't make those claims. But it's just like rookie wide receiver smashed. I mean, he had like what do you have like seventeen hundred total air yards? Like he had a he had a bunch of games with like over thirty percent target share. It's just yeah. I mean, he, he I, just he's great. I almost took a lave at the three one. So when I, I went through and, and Theo, I kind of we were texting about this. I I have a, a model I create for kind of a breakout finder, and uh, it has different criteria of of all the the top fifteen receivers that that they share. And there were six names that were outside the top fifteen that hit in three of the four metrics that I I like to identify in this model. And Alave was number three in that model. Debo was number two. Um, number one was actually Garrett Wilson. So it's sad to see him go right before. Um, that turn, but um, Alave was definitely uh, built into that model as well. I love yeah. your I love your Waddle uh, comparison to Alave, though, Davis. I think that really hits it, um, kind of the nail on the head of where you're going to be able to draft them and what his potential outcome is. Um, so yeah, those it's just interesting to see the way you guys approach that round. 
Um, taking a step back and looking at rounds four through eight, these have been rounds that have been extremely fruitful to us as drafters the last two seasons. Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase were drafted in this range uh, two seasons ago, and this past year, this is where most of the time Josh Jacobs, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devonta Smith, Tony Pollard all fell into a few other guys who really hit from this range uh, this past season. When we look at the board here, rounds four through eight, who are some of the guys that could really crush um, their ADP and be potential league winners? Starting with Davis. I mean, I think there are a couple different guys in the mid rounds where I look like uh, these are these are guys who could be off either way by like 20 spots, you know, sort of depending. Um, I think the uh, the most interesting mid round guy to me is Jamison Williams, where uh, if Jamie, I mean, we have no sample of him, right? I mean, he what he played like I don't know, 80 snaps or whatever uh, as as a rookie. I mean, you could see him being going like I, I could easily see Jamison Williams scoring more fantasy points this season than Drake London, who went you know roughly 30 spots ahead of him or whatever. Could also see him you know, basically just, uh, you know, being fancy Khalif Raymond or whatever, you know, just not even being a guy you can start. So it feels like he's a pretty interesting guy to think about this early. And, and I mean, Kamara in round six at RB 21, I know this was like the worst season of his career. He like wasn't efficient, didn't score any touchdowns. They stopped throwing him the ball, but I mean, I just, if this is roughly reflective of how ADP works all season long, I mean, Kamara just feels like a guy. I'm, he, he might end he, up being my most drafted. He's got that legal player. action hanging over. His yeah, it's the suspension. Though, right? That's probably. Oh, right. that's right. Okay, yeah. okay. That makes we're expecting. Way more. We're expecting six to eight games. Yep. That makes way more sense. And Billy, now. Billy, yeah. when would we have? And Billy and Dan, when do you guys anticipate having some clarity about the Kamara situation? Is there, I, I recommend following um, Drew Davenport. He's been posting. Uh, lots yeah. of legal threads. He's a he's a defense attorney, um, and I think I th- don't quote me, but I think the next legal action is March um, is when they is when they're actually back in court. So I think we'll get a little bit more clarity then. But I, that's that's what is causing that ADP to kind of uh, dip right now. It would be really nice if they made Kamara's legal uh, announcement the same day as franchise tag day. It's <laughs> really organized for all of us. That'll be that'll be really nice. Um, uh, Billy, any any thoughts on on guys you see as potential league winners in this range? Oh man, there's so many in this range. I wish I could just trade out of my my round two pick and trade back inside drafts and just load up in rounds five through eight this year. It, you look at the board and how it's falling, and and from a, a target you know share distribution, snap shares. You're looking at you know rush share, all these different metrics. There are some players in here that could see. You know, potentially 90% snaps on a week-to-week basis. You're talking about, um, you know, 24 to 26% target share in a lot of this range and a lot of players. Uh, There's a lot of uncertainty regarding some of these players, but once that becomes clear, uh, I think that you're going to see most of these players rise in ADP. Kind of what I said earlier, we're seeing the the influx of quarterback ADP because of the uncertainty. Once that settles, we'll start seeing those names drop. We'll start seeing a lot more of these rounds, five, six, seven, eight receivers and running backs start to rise as we start to see some of these muddy waters become more clear. So I think this is the time now that you want to load up in these ranges because most of these players in these range are going to only rise as as, as we get on to the season. Yeah, last night, Drake London um, was my pick, but I, I, I was very happy to get him there. Um, we talked, you know, over the last five games, he averaged nine and a half targets a game. 
Um, if it is Desmond Ritter, we've seen Ritter look for London a lot. I'm not sure which way Atlanta's going to go this season, but I like London. Uh, I like Davis's call on Jamison Williams, but I really like Traylon Burks. Um, you know, yeah. I think he's the guy that, yeah. that could just blow up. Um, it's not of- his fault, bro. It's not his fault. It, it, not, it was <laughs> not his fault. He's really good. And we I, said I, he I was definitely hoping he would make it one more pick. If he were just been healthy, I think he would have gone, you know, in that like Pittman, Mike Williams range. So if you take a look at, the, I mean, look at Terry McLaurin. He finished 12 points outside of being a top 12 wide receiver. Right? DeAndre Hopkins is going where he's going because of the uncertainty where he'd be traded to. We all know what DeAndre Hopkins is capable of doing even at this point in his career. He's just built different, right? You have um, James Cook, who could potentially be the RB1 in this backfield moving forward. Uh, if Alvin Kamara avoids all the legal situation, he's probably going to be a round two slash three pick, probably at that you know pick 22 through 24 range. Um, there's so many players in this range right now that have significant upside. I mean, Traylon Burks could be looking at a 28 to 30 percent target share. I mean, there there are. Go ahead. You, you haven't even mentioned my Tyler Lockett, who has outperformed DK Metcalf. Uh, oh, I know. Two it's, a two or three years, and and was what four rounds cheaper. Yeah, and I took you know DK Metcalf in round two. I'm just stubborn like that. But we have so so many players that are going to outperform this ADP. It's just silly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a range of the draft you really want to nail. I think a lot of people who are listening in on it, I think that you know everybody kind of thinks about their first two rounds, but I think it's these rounds where you're able to get these league-winning types that really put these teams and you build these super team types. One pick that I really wanted to, to pick Davis's brain on was Quentin Johnson. That's a guy that I'm a fan of. Um, I'm probably going to have a lot of in Dynasty, but you select him as, as your wide receiver three. Maybe you could share your thoughts on him um, and – you know, do you think he's going to go a little higher than this once he's drafted? Um, and you're, you know, you're maybe a comparison you have for him as a player. Two things. I played this wrong. Having okay. him as your wide receiver, having him as your wide receiver three is bad. And, and uh, I probably should have just taken a wide receiver instead of Lamar Jackson and done like triple late quarterback after, I mean, this round four quarterback run was, was nuts. Uh, and if that's the way quarterback pricing is going to go, then I, I probably will have a lot of Lamar if he's going to go after, you know, all these guys. But Johnson specifically, I actually think he's probably going to be the first wide receiver drafted. And I think knowing what we know about how NFL teams view wide receivers now, like it's not enough to have one good one. It's not really enough to have two good ones. You kind of want to have three good ones. I mean, like, you know, all these guys going for first-round picks. This is a horrible wide receiver free agent class. I, it would not surprise me if, if a good team with Super Bowl aspirations traded up for a wide receiver. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading the market wrong. Maybe it'll be Addison. Maybe it'll be Smith and Jigba that gets traded up for. But my read right now is that Johnston is, is going to be the first one. And at a, what, a 20-pick discount to Smith and Jigba, that felt pretty good. And I mean, I just like taking rookie wide receivers. It's like, well, I probably took Sky Moore at wide receiver forty a couple of times. And so, so why not take Quentin Johnson at uh, at wide receiver forty? You know? Yeah, and definitely listen in. We had Matt Hicks and John Lobb on recently uh, into the Goat District. Really dove into these rookie classes already. Both pods were fantastic, and, and both guys are fans of of Johnson. He led the nation in receptions over twenty five yards 
Um, and he has a ton of yak, and he's just exciting. So it was interesting to see you take him there. Uh, taking a step back, start with Billy on this one. From rounds 9 through 13, we really saw this group of drafters clean up all pretty much a lot of the appealing running backs. Who are your favorite picks, Billy? Any running backs that really stand out to you in this this 9 through 13 range? Yeah, I really like um, Kareem Hunt. We know that he's going to be on a new team next year. Um, I'm excited to see how that plays out. Uh, we all know when he's been given the rock, he has the ability to be a you know top 12, 13, 14 back. Um, I like Gainwell a lot too. I mean, I, of course, I selected him, but uh, Miles Sanders uh, also looking at potentially a new team. Uh, Gainwell uh, definitely flashed. This draft was done prior to uh, the NFC Championship game, so we know that um, what he was able to do through the playoffs. I, I actually really like Gainwell's skill set. I think he's actually a better fit for this team than Sanders was. Um, and I think that they will probably lean on Gainwell if Sanders does walk. How about you, yep. Davis? Um, this is, this is the range where it starts to get a little bit, uh, a little bit thin here. I mean, I, I really liked, uh, I, I, I liked this, uh, the the Pittsburgh running back I don't even know if I want to try and say his name Israel Abanacanda uh, Abanacanda so yeah. I mean he's just sort of the classic uh, was super productive in college you know kind of did all the things that you expect him to do he's huge he caught enough passes specifically as a junior he's an early declare um, I you know the issue with uh, doing these drafts this early. And and kind of just get. I also think he's going to be insanely good at the combine. At least that's the rumors is that he's going to be one of like you know two fifteen, but runs like a four three eight or something. Now again, we'll we'll see. Um, so I I liked I like that angle. But I mean, you know, these could be day three running backs, and day three running backs are like a total roll of the dice. The the guy the guy honestly probably my favorite pick I made in the whole draft was Deuce Vaughn though because if he if he gets drafted if some team takes him he's going to catch passes immediately right away now if he's an undrafted free agent he probably just doesn't make the league at all he probably will because he's too small but it's just a matter of if someone takes him uh because i i think he is really good um and, and he might he might not be very fast at the combine either but those those two guys in, in the rookie running back class i'm really loaded in on them uh israel for the the speed score, you know, we'll call him new age, Christine Michael, basically. And uh, Deuce Vaughn, I think he could catch like 50 passes a year. If it, but say this requires a coach falling in love with him, right? This requires Kyle Shanahan, who Doug McDermott, just one of these guys has got to be like, I need that guy on my team because he there, you know, there's a guy like this that comes out every single year that we're like, oh, he could catch 50 passes in the right system. And then we never hear from them again. John Lobb's RB5 is Israel Abanacanda, ahead of a lot of guys that people um, are projecting to go higher than him at this point. Uh, Dan, any running backs you really love the value of from rounds 9 through 13? I mean, <clears throat> it's it's not sexy, but I like Jamal Williams there because I think there's a great chance that uh, Detroit's just going to sign him back and, you know, they're going to use him to plow in at the goal line all the time again. Uh, you know, he's probably not getting 14 touchdowns or whatever, but, um, you know, between uh, DeAndre Swift being a, a little bit injury prone and, uh, you know, the, the role that Williams had, I think he could be a great pick right there. 
Um, David Montgomery, I know fantasy, you know, nobody, nobody likes him for fantasy because, you know, he's, he's not fast and he's, you know, we don't like any of his metrics and all that, but all he does is just, you know, like do pretty well for fantasy, even though we don't like him. So, uh, you know, he, he could end up on a new team that, that goes pretty well for him. Um, I kind of like the, the AJ Dillon pick. I mean, we've got, I, I don't think Aaron Jones is going to leave the Packers. I think his, uh, his contract is definitely getting renegotiated. There's no way they're paying him $20 million, but um, you know, it, even with Aaron Jones, you know, if, even with him on the team, Dylan has become that that goal line back, and I think they're they're going to be relying on him even more this year and and using Aaron Jones a little bit less. So I, I like that pick as well. Khalil Herbert, um, if he gets uh, you know if he gets the starting job in Chicago somehow, um, that could be a great pick. Quickly around the horn. Is there a pick that you guys for my for my running back pick? I, I liked a few of the values, but Khalil Herbert, I, I agree with Dan. That was a good one, and I do like taking ro- ro- uh, rookies in this range of best ball drafts. Cause I think you can really hit. I took Zach Charbonnet, a guy I'm a big fan of, um, and I also took Zach Evans, who I'm not quite as high on, but I think he could land very very well. Um, quickly looking at the board, guys, uh, who's your favorite pick from rounds like 10 through 20? a guy that you think could gain a lot of value and, and you view as a huge value here. I'll start with Billy on this one. Uh, specifically running back, you said? Anything. Oh, anything. Round, any, you know, dealer's choice, you you pick a, a value you you like. Yeah, I, I think Zamir White's interesting this year. I really liked um, him coming out of college last year. I expected a larger role this year. We didn't see it happen because, like we said earlier, they just insisted on giving Josh Jacobs the rock 40 times a game. But if he's not, if Josh Jacobs is not back with the Raiders or if they want to protect that investment, we'll probably see a little bit more Zamir White this year. Um, Somebody who could, you know, finish inside. Um, you know, the top 40 in the running back position if, if he's seeing anywhere from 35 to 40% of the snap share. So I, I think that's one. I had him in my, my queue when, when, when Todd took him. Uh, Pierre Strong is kind of in that same situation, right? We're expecting Damian Harris to be on a new team. Uh, we saw uh, Strong kind of um, capture that RB2 role uh, with his explosiveness when it was him and Ramondre Stevenson on the field. Um, uh, it is, you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, so we never know what they're going to do. But that being said, best ball-wise, it's it's a lot safer than having to actually click the start button inside of a, a redraft team. So Strong is another one for me as well. And then Kyron Williams um, is kind of a, a um, you know, round 27, why the hell not pick right there, right? I, w- there was a point where... Um, I thought he was going to take over this backfield, uh, and it just, you know, they went back Schefter, to... Schefter told us, man. Schefter said in week one, he said, I'm starting him in that 16-team that ESPN War Room League that they all talk about. He said, I'm starting him uh, in, in that league. Yeah, I, I had Kyron Williams going in a lot of places uh, at some point in the season. Uh, you looked at snap counts. He was, you know, significantly out snapping everybody uh, for a couple weeks, and then it just went all acres. So I think Kyron Williams probably sees um, a, a decent amount of snap share. I'll, I'll say Roshan Johnson, um, but I'm cheating because he's crushing the Senior Bowl, and, and Austin took him there. I think if we did this draft in a month, he's going to go maybe ten rounds higher. He, he's um, he's legit, man. You know how good yeah. someone's got to be to get Bijan off the field in games Texas is trying to win. Like he's he's legit. 
yeah, he's an athletic freak, and um, he like he's absolutely crushing, crushing, crushing the senior bowl. So, like Davis is right, there's a chance that he, there's an outside chance that he goes in like the end of the second round, um, and they have Texas running backs in the in the first round and the second round. It would be wild. Um, and then I I also um, I like the Gerald Everett value there. Um, you know, I I think that you know we've seen tight ends do well in Kellen Moore offenses. Gerald Everett had big games this year. Um, I think of like that that group of tight ends in the 13th round. He'd be the one I, I like the most. How about you, Dan? Any of these later 10 through 20 guys? Yeah, I liked uh, Davis's pick of Elijah Moore in the 12th. I think that's uh, potentially a really good one. Um, you know, we we saw how talented he was his rookie year. Um, it feels crazy that they're leaving him for dead just because he didn't want to play with Zach Wilson. Like, who wants to play with right. Zach Wilson? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Uh, that was that was somebody that I definitely was uh, hoping would swing back around to me, but uh, you know, I I, I got to learn with Davis. I'm gonna probably anytime I you know it, he's gonna have two picks before my next pick. They're probably gonna be wide receivers, and I'm probably gonna want one of them. So I probably should have just picked them. Uh, but it, that that was a great pick there, and uh, I I like the John Mechie pick, fifteenth round. I mean, that might have been a little bit early, but I know. I knew Abib was, um, he's a big Texans fan, so he was probably going to be uh, jumping on him. Uh, I, I like him, you know, as a prospect. Uh, you know, of course, he lost a year, uh, didn't play at all this past year, uh, but he, he could be a real contributor on a, a much improved uh, Texans team. And, Billy, that's a big Dave Hubbard guy too, right? Uh, yeah, you know, pretty – pretty sad to see what happened to him last year it was really unfortunate not only just for his own health and 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 personal reasons but just from you know losing that that year uh we're expecting him probably if he's back this year we're expecting him to be probably the wide receiver one in this offense so i like to pick there too dan awesome well we've hit an hour um really appreciate your guys time but before we get you out of here uh davis and and billy i want to get your super bowl predictions uh, why don't we start with with Davis here? Who wins the Super Bowl, Davis? And if you want to throw out a score for the uh, the people who are interested in putting a little action on the game, that would be appreciated too. So what I've been telling people is just bet on Mahomes for MVP because a lot. I just it's very hard for me to see scenarios where Kansas City wins and he doesn't win Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, famously, Damian Williams had 150 yards and two touchdowns in the Super Bowl and and did not win Super Bowl MVP. I I think. The Eagles are a better team, but Mahomes is the greatest player of our generation, and uh, I think he, I think he, you know, heard a lot of the talk about oh Joe Burrow, oh Josh Allen, oh Justin Herbert, and uh, you, Tom Brady talks about this. A lot of these guys who have been a bunch of Super Bowls talk about this. Um, Super Bowl is different. It's not like playing a regular game, and these Eagles guys, no experience, right? So it's like Kelsey and two of the defensive players are the only one. Who were there five years ago? So I, I got the Chiefs in a squeaker. Billy, I haven't read the NFL script yet, but I would probably they didn't, uh, <laughs> I, they didn't send it to me yet either. So it's yeah, I got the email, I haven't opened it yet, but we have. Um, I I just think that the Eagles are a much better team from top to bottom, right? They have they the de- they have a defense that's going to be able to you know stop Mahomes. They have the front, they have the secondary. Um, they also have the offense to be able to um, keep up with Kansas City if it is a shootout. 
Um, I, I like the Eagles uh, to me as long as we aren't seeing flags being thrown um, and, and um, you know, 100% of the way for the Chiefs and, and missed calls on the opposite side of the field. I think that it's going to be the Eagles by, by more than 14, honestly. Wow. Billy with the blowout prediction. Dan, we can hold off on our Super Bowl uh, predictions till next week. Keep a little gas in the tank. Um, this was awesome today, guys. We really, really appreciate your time. Um, the, like, I think if you guys enjoyed this show, make sure you go and listen to the show we had last night with the V-Bag Batoba. Um, and, yeah, I look forward to drafting against you guys again uh, all offseason long. Um, and everybody who's listening, have a great rest of your day. Take care. Thank you.